The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. You're listening to a Pawn Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us for another, excuse me, another episode of Upon Further Review brought to you by our pals at Coors Light. And happy early New Year's, my friend, as we record this on 1229. And we are creeping, creeping, creeping down the final hours of 2022 as we all get ready for 2023. And an exciting time, an exciting year that we just wrapped up. And now much optimism headed into 2023 for the silver and black and hopefully for all of you too. But we have a great show today. We're feeling strong, feeling energized, ready to rock for a huge week ahead, huge game, a historic, I think we can call it a historic rivalry game against the San Francisco 49ers coming to Allegiant Stadium for the very first time in a regular season game. But we will talk about all that. Cleef Farrell stops by coming off of a monster game in Pittsburgh. Unfortunately, a game that did not go the way of your Las Vegas Raiders. But individually, I thought Cleef Farrell had a fantastic outing on Christmas Eve. And uh, and he was very nice to catch up with him. Haven't talked to Cleef in a hot minute, so it was good to connect with him. But, but, but... You know where we begin. Our transactions brought to you by Shift 4 Payments. And we have a handful, so uh, sit back and relax. On December 26th, tackle Sebastian Gutierrez reverted to the practice squad. The very next day on 1227 earlier this week, the Silver and Black re-signed linebacker Austin Calitro to the practice squad and released guard Willie Wright from the practice squad. Then yesterday, 1228, which would make it a Wednesday, some downer news. Las Vegas Raiders placed defensive end Chandler Jones and linebacker Denzel Perryman on the reserve injured list. They also signed defensive end Isaac Rochelle and linebacker Harvey Lange to the active roster. Additionally, they signed defensive lineman Trent Harris to the practice squad and, I know it's a long one, released wide receiver Albert Wilson from the practice squad and also restored offensive lineman Vitaly German from the practice squad injured list. Whew. Long one. Long one. Busy day right here on Raiders Way, the home of the Las Vegas Raiders. And we'll just get this off the top. I know you all tuned in to hear us break down and, uh, you know, prognosticate and speculate about what's going to happen following the news we heard yesterday morning. Gosh, a little about 24 hours ago. Uh, Josh McDaniels announces that Jarrett Stidham is going to be your starting quarterback going the rest of the way, these final two games for the silver and black, meaning that Derek Carr will not be the starting quarterback. Chase Garbers will serve as the primary backup for Mr. Stidham the rest of the way. And listen, I know what you guys want to hear. I'm not a dummy. I know what you guys want to hear. But this is what I do, right? This is the way that I operate. This is the world that I live in. I live in the world of facts and the world of the present. The world of what's happening right now. And what is happening right now? Jared Stidham is the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. What that means a month from now, what that means six weeks from now, what that means eight, nine, eight, nine months from now, what that means at the start of training camp, I don't know. And I'm not here to pretend like I do know. And anyone who's telling you otherwise eh, probably isn't being super truthful with you if they say, hey, this is the order of operations. 
So like I said, reality for us right now, reality for you, the fan, the reality for people that cheer on the silver and black that are going to be at Allegiant Stadium this Sunday afternoon, kickoffs at 105, by the way, to watch the Raiders take on the Niners. The reality is this. Jared Stidham is the starting quarterback. Chase Garbers will be the backup. And outside of that, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Josh McDaniel said the very same thing earlier, uh, I should say yesterday, and that he was open, honest, transparent about the thought process, the decision-making that went into ultimately saying, hey, Derek isn't going to be under center for these final two weeks. And there's a lot of reasons that go into that, right? There's, you know, some that, that have been pretty uh, evident if you, if you read the news, if you follow people that write and talk and, and produce content about the silver and black. And I'm sure that there's some that we don't know about, right? That's the beauty of this game. It's the beauty of professional sports. There's always something that we don't know. So I'm not going to sit here and say what this means for Derek a month from now, what this means for Derek six weeks from now, what this means for Derek come training camp or the start of the league year. Not here to do that. Here to acknowledge that Jared Stidham is the starting quarterback. Here excited to, uh, to learn a little bit more about our guy Stiddy, who, by the way, you are not going to find a more likable guy on this roster than Jared Stidham. And it'll be exciting. He's getting his chance. Young dude getting his chance. And you can't tell me that regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation that got us to this point, that Jared Stidham is not fired up to go out there on Sunday afternoon against the best, the number one statistical defense in the NFL and show what he's got. It's going to be a blast. It's a hell of an opportunity for that kid. So speaking of Jared Stidham, uh, let's learn a little bit more about the starting quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Mr. Sidham selected in the fourth round of the 2019 NFL Draft out of Auburn, originally by the New England Patriots. Now, those of you know that the Silver and Black traded for him during camp this year, and shameless plug alert, and I will say this. I don't want to pat ourselves on the back. I'm not in that business. But it was kind of nice yesterday where everyone had their Stidham content coming out, and you know what clip I saw circulating a lot? You know? Mr. Stidham, in this very lab that I'm recording in, sitting in that seat over there, talking to you-know-who, your pals at Silver and Black Productions, just saying, just saying. I got to ask our website guys about some of the numbers that uh, that pod did yesterday, because for better or for worse, we're the only ones that sat down with them. And this was way back in July, August maybe, I got to check, uh, check the calendar, but no one had talked to him. Except us. So it was nice to see those clips recirculate. But great guy. 11 career appearances for Mr. Stidham, career-wise for him right now. 32 of 61 for 342, two touchdowns and four picks. And look, Coach McDaniel said it yesterday. He said, look, this is an opportunity to, for us to get a, a better look at a young guy, uh, a guy that obviously Josh is very familiar with from their time in New England, Dave Ziegler as well. They certainly brought him here for a reason. And I'm excited to see what he does with that opportunity. A tough task, I think is fair to say, making your first career start against the team that, like I said, is the number one statistical defense in the NFL. That is not going to be easy to do. But I think a collective effort, a team a team specifically on offense, rallying around Jarrett uh, will be interesting to see. And, and just I'm fired up to go see uh, kind of what he does with that chance, how this offense looked. Does his offense change at all from what we've seen the first you know, 15, 16, 17 weeks of the season? I'm curious. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I imagine that, you know, Coach McDaniels probably says, hey, Stiddy, what are the 10, 15, 20 plays that you feel really, really good about? And let's work from there. But I am excited to see kind of what those wrinkles look like, what those adjustments look like, what those different, different looks look, look like. That's a tough one. Looks look like. But you guys know what I mean. 
And so it'll be exciting to see him go out there and do his thing. And unfortunately, on a less exciting note, and you heard me run through it during the transactions, Chandler Jones and Denzel Perryman, their seasons are officially over. And gosh, you hate to see it. Denzel Perryman, once again, really solid in that linebacking core for the Raiders in 2022. Finishes his uh, campaign with 83 tackles, a sack, and two picks. And really just, you know, I know he had those, those few games that he missed due to injury, but just a solid piece in that linebacking core. Consistent, a fantastic veteran presence, a guy coming off a Pro Bowl year uh, a season ago. And I think that Denzel, when he was right, when he was healthy, when he was out there doing his thing, really set the tone for what that linebacking core wanted to be about. So wishing him nothing but health and recovery going forward. And and same thing with Chandler Jones. And look, you know, we're not going to dance around the fact that the numbers were not there for Chandler in 2022. Like, that's not a secret. That's not something that we are are glossing over. But I think it's fair uh, and important to note, really over the past month, we have began to see, we've begun to see, yeah, we've begun to see the version of Chandler Jones that I think a lot of us expected during training camp, right? A guy who is that perfect complement to Max Crosby, a guy that is just kind of wreaking havoc on his side of the defensive line, active in the run game, and just active to the ball in general. I mean, we look back to that New England game, and the only reason that Chandler was in position to make that play, that interception, that fumble recovery, I still don't really understand the official verbiage of what what that was, but the only reason Chandler's in position to make that play is because he didn't give up on the play. Because the motor didn't stop. Like, it's real easy if you're, if you're a guy like Chandler Jones says, hey, man, play's all the way over there. We're probably going to overtime, blah, blah, blah. But no, he was out there doing his thing, 110% effort. And because of that effort, because of that, that refusal to give up on a play, Raiders won a football game. So yeah, like I said, uh, it's unfortunate that, that Chandler's uh, season is over, number one. But I think it, it was unfortunate, too, because it felt like, at least from our perspective, he was really starting to turn that corner. We were really starting to get an understanding of what that defensive line could look like with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones out there doing their thing. So we will have to wait to see those two together until 2023. But I like to be an optimistic guy. I like to be a, hey, you know, maybe this isn't the best situation, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a silver lining. And I look at this silver lining with, with Chandler and, and Denzel going down and, and with Derek as well. Guys are going to get an opportunity now. Young guys are going to get an opportunity to go out there and do their thing. Malcolm Koontz, I would imagine, is going to get a little more burn this weekend against the 49ers. We talk about guys making the most of their chances. Clee Farrell literally comes in the play after Chandler gets a little banged up against the Steelers. And what does he do on that very next play? Great interior pressure to Kenny Pickett and forces that interception, right? That is the definition of next man up, no let off, no kind of production from, from defensive end one to defensive end two, however you want to you kind of categorize it. So there's going to be chances for guys to go out there and make plays. And like I said, whether it's Malcolm Koontz, whether it's uh, an expanded role for Klee, whether you're Jarrett Stidham, right? Whether you're uh, Luke Masterson getting a bigger role, Darian Butler, like there's going to be guys over these final two weeks now that are going to get a substantive chance, that are going to get a very real opportunity to show Coach McDaniel, Mick Lombardi, Patrick Graham, Dave Ziegler, this entire operation, what they're capable of and why they need to be a part of this program in 2023 and beyond. And the reality is, too, we talk about this all the time. You're not only auditioning, if, you, if you're some of these guys on the, on lower on the roster, you're not only auditioning to show this staff what you can do. 
you're auditioning for 31 other staffs too, right? So you're, you're showing everyone across the NFL what you can be about when you're right. So yeah, I know, and it, it feels even crazy to say this as we sit here on a Thursday morning, but technically, officially, statistically, the Raiders have not yet been eliminated from postseason contention. Now there is a, there is a chance, depending on some results, that by the time the Raiders kick off on, on Sunday that they are officially out of the playoff picture. But as we record this right now, the Raiders still have a chance. So in addition to guys going out there and playing because there is still something to play for, guys are playing for jobs. That's what they're doing. They're playing for a continued opportunity. And in the NFL, that's what it's all about. Making the most of your chances when your number's call, being ready to rock and say, you know what? This opportunity maybe didn't come in the form that I thought it was. Maybe it looks a little bit different than, than I initially anticipated it might but I'm going to go run with it. And speaking of a guy that ran with his opportunity on Christmas Eve is Cleve Furl. Absolutely filled up the stat sheet. And we were talking about it in the post game. And Jason Fitz and I were talking about this a little bit too, both on and off air. That was the most productive, disruptive version of Cleve Furl that I have seen in a long time. And that's in, that's in no way throwing any shade at, at Klee and what he's brought to the table. But to see him so active around the ball, to see him out there just completely doing his thing, really impressive. Really, really impressive. And like I said, Klee, an incredibly nice guy. We've seen Klee grow and mature a lot from his time in Oakland to, to where he is now. And it's just it was good to catch up with him. It's nice to connect with, with those guys again. And uh, like I said, wishing Klee continued success down the stretch here and really this entire, entire Raiders defense as they try to figure out how do we uh, you know, kind of replicate the production that, that we got from Chandler Jones. So with that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy our conversation with Cleveland Furrell. And we're excited to be hanging out with our guy, Cleve Furl. And Cleve, man, we were, we were talking earlier, and, and I was talking with our esteemed PR staff, mm-hmm. just about everything that goes into, for you in particular, but the guys in general, just getting ready to play Week 17 physically, emotionally. Like, there's no one in the NFL right now whose body's at 100%, right? Right. Very, very true. I think it's just, it really just goes back to, you know, taking everything one week at a time. Like, when you get into it, the realm of what it now is, we got, what, 17 regular season games? Yeah. A lot of guys don't know who we playing two weeks in advance. We're taking it one week at a time. So, it's definitely been major just trying to focus in and lock in because we got a big task at hand for sure. Huge task. And we'll talk about the Niners in just a bit, in a minute. But kind of from the outside looking in, the past month or so, mm-hmm. it feels like this defense has really kind of turned a corner. You look at the numbers, the numbers kind of indicate that as well. But what's been working for, for you guys as a collective called the I, past four or five weeks? I think a lot of people, you know, and it's, it's different when you're when you're in it, you know what I mean, as to being on the outside. But a lot of a lot of people d- didn't really understand. You know, it's a new defense. Yeah. You know, it's a new whole new staff, all new players in it. So I think for me and for a lot of guys, it just takes time to really, you know, learn things. And obviously in the league, like, you don't really have time to, you know, to grow and develop, right? You know what I mean? Everybody wants to win right now, which I get, and it's very, very true. It's just a sense of, you know, when you do go through those learning curves, those growing pains, like, you can start to see things coming to fruition, as you've seen, you know, last few weeks with the defense. Yeah, and I think especially along that along, along that defensive line, I mean, it feels like you guys as a collective, and you say, you know, from the outside looking in, right? It's important right. to note that you guys are actually on the inside. No, you're on the inside. 
Exactly. Well, yeah, not as much I'm, as you I'm, are. I'm, not as much as you are. <laughs> right, but right. Uh, it just feels like, especially the big fellas up front, man, like it feels like you guys have really kind of turned into like a cohesive, you know, multifaceted yeah. group of what we all thought this was going to be, you know, a couple months ago. Right. I think it's definitely challenged a lot of our players to really – um, discover how much and what they really can do with all their potential as a football player, whether that be, you know, you may have just been a D-line before, but, you know, we might see you drop in the cover some. We might see you play a little um, deep third. You might, you know, who knows? You know, who knows what you may be actually do on a week-to-week basis? I think that's kind of the, the it adds a little bit of fun to it. It's obviously a, a, a type of stress that you have to be mentally tough for, but I think, you know, as you said, in the last few weeks, we've seen, you know, some good success from it. So I think we're just trying to carry that. Now that's got to be great though for for a certain type of guy though who wants to be you know tested not only physically yeah. but mentally too right yeah. because there's two very different ways to be like hey it's 100 degrees and we're gonna have a four-hour practice whatever it is but it's also right. to have your mind tested too I imagine it's got to be nice for a really you know a different group of guys it is it, it gets it gets the entire defense to buy in and what I mean is that you know a lot of guys you know you could be if you're a backup per se right you know the starters may be the ones getting all the reps so but there may be different packages for you to where, you know, even though you may not be playing your main position, you could come in, you might be playing linebacker one down, or you might go in and play D-tackle, or you might be playing safety. You know what I mean? So I think PG does a good job, and that keeps everybody involved and guys aren't pouting because it's more so we have a, a collective and you never know when your jersey neck could get called to go in and you got to make a big play on a, on a third down or whenever so I think that's been really, really good. I would like to see a DT play safety. Uh, Are we going to uh, drop you back there, Clee? Hey, I was I had I got a couple plays at safety this year, a couple plays at corner. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna pull up the tape just because you know you don't want teams to go looking for of it. Of course, you know, but uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something you you know you don't want to be surprised for sure. Okay, keep them on their toes. I love <laughs> yeah, it. Oh. Uh, speaking of a, of a guy that's been a really big part of your group, that unfortunately ends the season on IR this year, yeah. Chandler Jones. Um, really, when we talk about the defense kind of coming into into mm-hmm. its own the past month. It feels like Chandler was just a man on a mission these yeah. past three four weeks. I mean, what kind of challenge is it for for you guys as a collective to kind of kind of lift up and, and obviously he's not going to we're not going to see him on the field but kind of help kind of replicate that production that he had. I think it's a I think it's a major opportunity for everyone in in in, in our room, you know, regardless of the fact Chandler is obviously, you know, in our eyes he's Hall of Fame player, 100%. you know, he exemplifies everything a Raider is supposed to be. But I think it's a true testament, you know, to show just how big of an impact he's had on our room, not just from his play, but from his influence and on guys like myself, from the things he's taught me, from the different things he's taught other guys in the room. Because his thing is just, you know, he's he's one of the, the most intuitive football players I've seen. He's just always walking around doing pass rush, pass rushing on a trash can on the table. So I think – I think we're we going to get a chance to see some of the things rub off that, that he's you know taught a lot of us, and hopefully we can bring it together and, and pull out a win. You know, it's interesting where you talk about what Chandler's meant to, to the de- defense as a whole, you know, numbers aside, stats yeah. aside. But, like, we've heard that from you. We've heard that from Max. We've heard that from Malcolm. We've heard that from guys that are in the, in the secondary. Right. Like, what is it about Chandler and kind of just what he brings in terms of intangibles off the field that has made him such a beloved teammate? And he's only been here, what, eight, nine months? Mm, yeah, very, very true. I think, you know, for me, just from one of the things that I see is, you know, when you just look at someone like his demeanor and just the way that he's kind of wired, he has a little bit of that wild man in him, you know, to the extent of, you know, he's very, very mentally tough. You know, his obviously – 
I don't want to say he gets it from his brother, but you know it's in their DNA yeah. to have this this sign up this this type of willpower, regardless of whether he may not be feeling well, um, he may not uh, be getting as many pass rush opportunities because we're playing around. You know, it's just it's just just his his will to win is something that I think has from what I've seen being on his team for a short amount of time is just seeing something that has definitely carried him throughout his career. Not just the fact that we all know the intangibles, his athletic ability, his length, but just to see how much he wants to win and how much he, he chases the fact of getting better is something that I think is, is, is truly a fighter spirit. That's definitely in their family for sure. And you talk about it, right, and seeing a guy like Chandler, a guy who's done everything in this league, who most likely is going to end when all said and done is going to have a bust in, in Canton. So to see a guy like that who's still putting in the work, who's committed to his craft, and like you said, getting better, I think is, is an inspiration really it for the, the entire collective. Definitely. But shifting ahead to Sunday, Heck of a challenge. Yeah. San Francisco 49ers coming to town. Uh, a bit of a rivalry game feel, right? It yeah. kind of feels like I know that we're not in the Bay anymore, yeah. but there is that, hey, Battle of the Bay type yeah. situation. Uh, just from when you kind of take a look at them in a, in a very general sense, I mean, this is a team that has had a ton of success on both sides of the football this year. But specifically on offense, they've had so many changes, so many moving parts. What has made them so good and so consistent in 2022? You know, definitely, I'm, you know, like you said, the, the offense is obviously, you know, I think um, Coach Shanahan does a good job with obviously you know his scheme and whatnot it makes it really really tough to to lock in on guys because they do a lot of different things but I think regardless you got to go back to the guys you know they just have a lot of weapons I think they've you know Mr. Lynch has done a great job obviously you know, bringing in the, the type of players that they need to have a chance to contend, you know, to be a top contender. I think, you know, obviously the, the skill positions, the, obviously the good O-line, the running backs. I think they just they just have a good a good base of, of, of really good talent at every level. So I think that's kind of been the thing to where, you know, it's not so much as you really see a weakness. It's more so just you got to go out there and play and you got to win. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I mean, the good thing for you guys, that place is going to be jumping yeah. on Sunday. New yeah. Year's Day, Raider Nation, they're going to be fired up. That yeah. place is going to be electric. And, and it's got to be nice for you guys knowing, hey, probably not getting on a plane again for a few weeks at the very least. You know, back-to-back home games to wrap up the regular season. At the end of a long marathon year, Cleve Furl, it's right. got to be nice to be like, hey, we're staying at home for a bit. Man, it's amazing. And like you said, you know, bringing up the aspect of I'm, I was a part, well, I am, I feel like me, it's only certain guys that yeah, really man. know what it's like to be, you know, the last part of the last Oakland Raiders. And so just, you know, understanding everything that comes with it. I don't want to even make it out into this big rivalry thing, but, you know, it's just knowing what it's like being from the being from the Bay, um, having that Oakland, having that, that San Francisco. Mm-hmm. The You know, we have, obviously both teams have a very large, Minority minority fan base, and yeah. it's just the type of spirit that that our, that our fans have. It's just you're gonna feel it in there on on, on Sunday. So and, I can't wait. And I think that's you brought up a great point too, where this game means a ton to the fans. And oh I think and I think every game. I think that's the beauty of being part of this organization is yeah. every game means a ton for Raider Nation. Yeah. But I think this one means a, a little something special just because of everything you brought up, the yeah. geographical stuff, uh, the fact that it, they are two organizations with such rich history. Mm-hmm. Like it is going to be an absolute blast. Most definitely, I can't wait. It's going to be exciting. Very very exciting. Speaking of other things that are exciting, how many uh, how many national championship rings do you have, Mr. Furrow? Two two national champ. I should have three, but it's two. Let me say. You got two. You got two. <laughs> but we are now embarking now on the college football playoff, which kick, kicks off this weekend. Yeah. So if memory serves, so Trayvon's TCU Horn Frogs yes. are going to have a chance to make a run, as are Thayer's Ohio State Buckeyes. Now. I know you have to play Mr. Diplomat and, yeah. and stay out of this, and I'm not going to ask you to make any proclamations or predictions. Right. But as a t- national champion yourself, I mean, what advice would you give to these young guys going out there to do their thing this weekend? My advice would be just enjoy the moment, live in the moment, man, regardless of the fact. I think 
one of the biggest things that I saw definitely playing in that is the hardest part was just not getting soaked up into the moment. You know, anytime we played in the national championship, one of the things that we knew was like if we played somebody that hadn't been in the playoff before, we knew it was going to be super, super new experience for them. Mm-hmm. And kind of that aspect of knowing that if we've been battle tested, you know, like a team like Ohio State has, they've been to the playoff multiple times. I think it's just not getting caught up in the moment, having poise. You know what I mean? You got to have poise. And once you do that, I feel like, you know, the players just got to go play. And I feel like the, you know, the chips will fall where they may too, so. Best memory, like what's when you think of the national championship game, either of them, like what's the number, like what's the first thing that comes to mind? Ooh, national, first thing that comes to mind. I definitely, I think for me, it was the second time we won one. Um, that's when it really soaked in because I got to go out with that being my last game. I was going that's probably a little you different I mean? for you because so you knew that was the end, right? It's definitely, yeah. it's definitely a little bit of a – because so it was a lot of – I don't want to say I was teary-eyed, but it was a lot of emotion going into the game, mainly because I didn't want to go out on a loss, right? And you play in Alabama. I mean, we was playing against Tua. Mm-hmm. And so it was a major, major thing. And they, they were supposed to be the greatest Bama team ever. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like a major, major emotion around like, man, we're going to go out the right way. And I think, you know, just blessed enough that we did that. So Yeah. And I think they were hoping that the 2022 Raiders also oh, yeah. go out on the right way, finish this thing strong. Excuse me, finish this thing this thing strong. That's a tough one. Two games left, both at Allegiant Stadium. We kick it off this weekend against the Niners. Clee, happy New Year, man! It's so good to see you. Uh, continued success. We'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Oh yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. And a big shout-out to Clee for stopping by, and thank you, thank you, thank you to our PR staff for facilitating that on what has been a busy, busy week for our pals downstairs. But we look ahead now to the San Francisco 49ers. And I was talking to my buddies this week, and you guys all know I'm a, I'm a Northern California guy, very proud to be from the 707. And because of that, I'm like a lot of people from Northern California where my, my friend and family group is pretty split down the middle between Raiders fans and Niners fans. And don't get it twisted, man. Still a lot of, uh, a lot of Raider Nation still bleeding, bleeding silver and black down in the North Bay, I promise you. I guarantee you that. But I, I've been, you know, kind of through the week as I've been talking to him, really what this week reminds me of, and I mean this in the best possible way, it reminds me of like a college rivalry week, right? It reminds me of when you get, you know, that uh, Cal, Stanford, when you get an Alabama, Georgia, when you get two big dogs regionally that are close to each other going out there and doing their thing. And look, the reality is this, right? We talked about it a little bit at the top. Statistically, the Raiders are still alive in the postseason. Yes. Is that uh, percentage uh, candidly minuscule? Yeah, it is. But I think if you're a fan of the silver and black, if you're a Raiders fan, when the schedule came out, when was it? Back in April. You probably looked at the, at the schedule and said, look, I don't care what the record is. I don't care if the game is meaningful or does nothing to do with playoff implications. This game against the Niners on New Year's Day, by the way, that's the one I want to be at. So it'll be really exciting to uh, to kind of feel that energy there in Allegiant Stadium. I think that the Raiders are going to bring their best. The Niners are going to bring their absolute best uh, in terms of fans and all that. And uh, the energy, excitement, that place is going to be jumping and is going to be the place to be on New Year's Day. So in that spirit, right, we do this every week, the Raiders will win if. And obviously there's been a lot of uh, change, I think it's fair to say, the past 24 hours here in this building. Uh, and so when I was thinking about how I kind of wanted to do, uh, attack it this week, this is where I, I landed on. The Raiders will win if, excuse me, the Raiders will win on Sunday if. It sounds simple, but I think there's a lot that goes into it. 
if they can be balanced and consistent on offense. Now, this is reality. Jared Stidham making start number one, career start numero uno, against the number one defense in the NFL. That is not my opinion. That is not uh, the word around the watering hole. The San Francisco 49ers, statistically speaking, have the best defense in the NFL. They are good. They are very, 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 very good. So you can't ask Jared Stidham, making career start number one, to go out there and throw for 600 yards, nine touchdowns, and go win you a ball game. Now, would I love to see that? Absolutely I would. It would provide me much joy, much excitement. It would be an absolute blast. But realistically, in the world of what is so, that's not what you're going to ask this guy to do. You're going to need a complete team effort. You need to have the best version of Josh Jacobs. You need to have the best version of your offensive line. You need to have Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller show up in big moments. You need to have Mac Hollins out there doing his thing. And you need Devontae Adams to get his touches and be involved in this offensive game plan. That's what you need. You need all of those, the the 11 guys on your offense, whoever they may be, depending on personnel, you need them to be at their absolute best for 60 minutes. You need to lift up this starting quarterback. That's what you need to do. You need to lift him up and you need to, I mean, it's very similar. If you look at the Niners have done with Brock Purdy, right? They don't ask ask Brock Purdy to go out there and throw for 400 yards. They ask the team, they ask the unit to do what they need to do. And I think if we can get a similar effort from the Raiders, and make no mistake, this is going to be tough sledding. I know I've said it a lot. I keep, you know, put it in bold letters and with the the sirens and everything. This is the number one defense in the NFL. They pass every test, including the eye test. They are legit. This is a Super Bowl contending defense. So it won't be easy. But I like the Raiders' chances if they can be consistent, if they can be balanced, and they can do it for a full 60 minutes. 30 minutes of this is not going not gonna to be good enough against the Niners. 45 minutes is not going to be good enough against the Niners. They have to do it for a full 60. Every single play on offense has to be purposeful. There has to be meaning behind it. There has to be a plan. And I'm excited to see how this shakes out. Let's see what you got, Stidiota. Cannot wait. So, before we hit the trail, because it has been a long week, a long week. This is like always that weird week, too, in between Christmas and New Year's where you're not quite sure what day it is. Uh, Businesses are closed, but some are open. People are traveling. Also, big shout out to all the people trying to get home or get somewhere right now, because that is a disaster. So, for all the people listening to us in the airport, I'll I'll crack crack an ice cold bruchacho for you, my goodness. But... I will crack another ice-cold one, and I meant to actually crack this ice-cold brewski for this young gentleman last week, but the schedule got in the way, as it does sometimes. So our ice-cold brewski this week is from my man KMM. Those of you who have rocked with the podcast for a minute know he's one of the OGs, one of the godfathers of this pod, and he got engaged, not last weekend, the weekend prior, in the past 14 days, whatever, recently. He got engaged very recently, and man, I'm so proud of him. This show would not be what it is without his contributions, and I'm just so happy for him and and this next chapter and everything that he's got cooking, still in the North Bay, rocking and rolling and dominating in the great city of Nevada. And so KMM, to you and your uh, your bride-to-be, 
This one is for you, and I will see you very, very soon. I cannot wait. So big shout out to KMM. Everyone go show him a, a little bit of love on the Twitter. He's still at the same Twitter address or Twitter Twitter handle, God bless him, at Kyle's feed. There he is. But quick programming note as we progress and we wrap up this episode of the show. Uh, we are going to be in Allegiant Stadium this Sunday, I talked about the environment. That place is going to be rocking. It is going to be jumping. It is going to be the best party, the best New Year's Day party on the Strip. I guarantee you that. So we're doing the fifth quarter from the Twitch Lounge. Me and our guy, DJ Duffel, Bryce Butler, flying in this weekend. Fingers crossed, flying in this weekend. We're going to have to put him in a car, get him here from Arizona. But we're going to be there in the Twitch Lounge. It's going to be a blast. If you are in the Twitch Lounge post game, come say what's up to us before they uh, before they officially shut things down and we and we turn the mics on and, and start rocking. But yeah, it is going to be so much fun. We cannot wait. Kickoff against the Niners scheduled for 105. Going to be an absolute blast and lock in Raider Nation. It's going to be a fun one. So until we meet again, Freddie Pascal, our guest this week, Cleland Furl, my man Ray on the ones and twos, and everyone else in Silver and Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. Like I said, Happy New Year's, Raider Nation. Here is my disclaimer. I don't want to be your dad. Do not drink and drive this weekend. It is not worth it. Take an Uber, take a cab, do whatever you got to do. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you guys next week for our usual episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first.